0: Them are diametrically opposed to one another but lightning is just like hanging out there it's not even like in Pokemon where the different well, elements all like form a triangle in some
1: of the games like in Final Fantasy X water makes a pretty prominent appearance and then lightning and water are opposed yes that's... but that's not common, you're no. right water water is one of the goofy elements god I hate that I know this I hate that I know these things get it out of my brain oh this is the Big Bang Theory theory hi I'm Nick I'm I'm Kyle we watch a television show that's about nerds, and I don't know why, because we're... <laughs> look at us!
0: Look at who we are! Well, particularly this episode, so I'll let, I'll, let, uh, I'll let you do a full summary in a minute. But literally, if there was ever an episode of this show designed more just to, like... That we could actually competently cover <laughs> all the bases of, the two elements of this episode are Traffic Law and Stan Lee References. Yeah. And so I feel like between us, we literally know probably more than the writers of this episode about the subject matter.
1: It's possible. Uh, I don't know. I was pretty concerned earlier on in the episode where uh, the nerds each had their issue of a comic book that they wanted to be signed. And as they were listing off the series and issue numbers... Kyle was able to speak right along with them as they revealed what character appeared for the first time in that issue.
0: Look, just because I know what issue journey into of Journey Into Mystery Thor appeared in or the fact that Fantastic Four number 5 <coughs> was the first appearance of Doctor Doom, that doesn't make
1: me a nerd. I don't know what the fuck you want me to say to that. <laughs> Thanks for nothing, I guess. Either I can affirm.
0: That yeah. is like the goal. I don't know when that became... I just remember, like being like, that's never a thing that will be in my brain, right? Because you would watch, like, I would read comic books, or I'd read interviews with like Mark Wade, and he'd be like, "Yeah, such an Adventures of Superman 126, first appearance of like Thorak the Devourer," and I'm like, "That's that's not really a thing that that's not really how people's brains work, but it is how people's brains work." Mm-hmm.
1: But why is it? Why is it? Is it some sort of emotional connection? Is it just because it's? you with the connected universe it makes it easier to remember how the different intermoving parts all appeared
0: well to be honest i think actually that particular part of it probably has more to do with the commercialization and trading nature of i mean it's almost like baseball cards it's like you need to know like what issue what makes an issue special if you're going to like not necessarily even sell it but maybe you're trading it with your friends or you're just comparing collections or whatever so the fact of comic books is—I mean, this does feel like something that's mostly gone away in like the digital age. I mean, they relaunch number one issues all the time, but nobody other than like the comic book stores gives a shit about yeah. number one issues anymore or first appearances, really, most of the time. It's true, because but um, you know, back when comic books were physical artifacts primarily, you—I ca- can see why you know understanding that like hey this is the one where lex luthor tells how he lost all of his hair and vowed to destroy superman forever it would be like a you know something worth having in the back of your head yeah yeah
1: we are so far off the rails immediately oh my goodness we need to talk more about the the actual episode
0: well summarize it oh i'm trying dick.
1: i'm trying it went in and out of my brain this week uh but it it starts with um as we already mentioned the the nerds are all excited because they're about to go see—not um, that same day. And like, I think it's on Thursday, whatever day it actually is—that um, they're going to go see Stan Lee at a comic book signing at their their local comic book shop that Stewart works at. Um, Stewart being the one of their uh, friends at the comic book shop who runs it, who once could have totally had hot makeouts with Penny if only he weren't such an unassuming little goofball, poor fella. But anyway, uh, they are. Preparing their comic books and what they're going to have signed when Wolowitz, uh gives himself, he gets a, he gets a cut on his finger and to uh, get his paper cut fixed. He goes into Sheldon's desk drawer to find some Neosporin finds like a dozen uncashed checks that Sheldon just hasn't bothered uh, uh, depositing because apparently the things that he wants to spend the money on haven't been invented yet. Uh, and among those envelopes, uh, Wallowitz also finds a court summons, bum, bum, bum. Uh, I feel like passing the buck on this one. Kyle, you want to take it from here for, for a little bit?
0: (laughs) Yes. So anyway, it turns out that in one of the rare callbacks that this show ever makes, the time he took Penny to the hospital because she had dislocated her shoulder, he ran a red light because she told him to run the light. And then he got a ticket for it, because in a weird turn that I don't know that this is how life works, but whatever, apparently the cops sent a ticket to her. And she went to all the effort of, like, calling them and be like, no, 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 it's not me you want. It's my neighbor, Sheldon Cooper. That's the dirty rascal who ran the light. Please, not me. Um, anyway. And it worked. Anyway, so they sent him a summons. So now he has to choose. what Well, he doesn't really have to choose.
1: Yeah, there's, there's His, no choice. He has him. to
0: go to the summons. But... His friends are like, hmm, are we going to go watch Sheldon and Court or are we going to go meet Stan Lee? And they all decide very quickly to go meet Stan Lee. So anyway, the episode actually doesn't cut back and forth. Basically, they go to the comic book shop and get all their stuff signed. Meanwhile, yes. Sheldon tries to explain to this judge why he shouldn't be held liable for this traffic ticket. The judge does not give a fuck. Uh, and when he totally dismisses Sheldon's like argument and tells him to just pay the fine, Sheldon insults him. He gets thrown in jail for contempt until he's willing to apologize because judges are basically petty tyrants. <laughs> it's true. Um, and then, uh, after realizing that he might have to use a, a bathroom, a toilet in full view of all the other people in the same jail cell as him, he immediately apologizes. But it's too late to meet Stanley. So Penny, feeling bad, uh, wheedles Stanley's address out of Stewart.
1: And makes well, in a in a Weinstein esque deal with the devil. Well, sort of. I mean, it, it's it's not for sex, but it is for a date. Yes, yeah, so where that's where true. Leonard has to come, but it has to pretend that he's the cousin, um, and then Seward is still totally trying to get a, get at least a smooch out of her. I'm sure of it. Yeah,
0: that part they don't show in the episode. They just he she just agrees to go to yeah, a wedding with. It him. It should be
1: the next episode, but I know it's never going to come up again.
0: Well, you never know. Apparently, the whole red light incident came up anyway. Um, so yeah, basically the episode ends with Leonard, or I mean, uh, Sheldon showing up at Stanley's house and Stanley in a refreshing, I will admit this is sort of a refreshing break from his like public persona. He's just like, Oh Jesus, not more loser fans showing up at my house uninvited. Please get out of here. I'm calling the cops. Cut to Sheldon does not leave. Cut to Sheldon coming back to the apartment. Happy as a clam because he has a restraining order signed by Stanley.
1: And we mo- can put right next yeah, to his Leonard old... Nimoy uh, restraining order. Yeah, that's the
0: last line of the episode. This will look so nice sitting next to my restraining order from Leonard Nimoy.
1: The end. So, not to uh, knock over our entire house of cards here that we've developed in this, this podcast, but I uh, was thinking the other day, a fundamental flaw that we have, and that is that we, it's hard to have strong opinions about this show. That I feel like, unless you feel differently about it, that today's episode was pretty good, right? Do you, or how, I mean, that's my that's my official review. I'm giving it a, a pretty good.
0: Yeah, I'd go with that.
1: Okay, and so then the problem there is, is that we can't be like, Oh, this episode was fucking horse shit! You're never going to believe! Oh, we have such a point of view on this! Nor can we exalt it because it's just kind of a fine show. We need... We need a stronger foundation from which to critique this goddamn thing. We can't keep going with this... milk I'm calling for a revolution in mi- midstream.
0: <laughs> well, I like this. I Actually, I am relieved to see that you finally started giving a shit about the structure of the show. And it- I've always
1: given a shit. I just... I don't know how to articulate my feelings. <laughs> I like that you waited till we were mid-recording to bring it up, also. Hey, this is how... This is how the... This is how radio happens live, baby. That's... <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about anymore, but... Yeah, it's, it's hard because, like, this episode uh, is pretty good. Like, it had some good goofs in it. Like, uh, something that we haven't mentioned yet is Raj, uh, to be a real a real goofball for the whole first half of the episode, is wearing a, a shirt that has a speaker built into it. And so rather than speaking to anyone, he just keeps responding in musical cues. And so, like, when they're all at the... Uh, Comic book shop at the beginning of the episode. He makes his own entrance by playing the Imperial. Is it the Imperial Death March? Is that the actual I name think, of it? I
0: think it's just the Imperial March. Just the Imperial March. Is in it.
1: Okay, good. But well, by playing, yeah, from Star Wars, the Imperial March as he walks in. And
0: which would you care to hum a few bars of the Imperial March just for well, those? Sure, of course. Who don't-
1: bum 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 and then it goes on from there Uh, (gasps) that's enough
0: that was really out of key but i'm just gonna
1: i don't have any control over the sound of my voice i've barely got grasp over the volume of it as for the rest of it oh boy oh boy it's bad
0: yes so what's weird about that motif is that they it's actually kind of fun And charming. I like it. I mean, it would be annoying if it was, like, his whole thing, but at least I thought they were going to continue it through the end of the episode, but they literally drop it a quarter of the way through the episode and never address it again.
1: I believe it should be Raja's way of communicating with women from now on, even though he doesn't really use it for that at all in this episode. It would be perfect. He's, like, so scared of actually talking to anyone, but if he could just, like, have little musical stingers, you know, as a means of flirting or something... Uh, he could at least bag a real other nerdy lady, which would be ideal, you know. He doesn't have to be in like the other episode where he and Wallowitz pretended to be goths so they can get goth babes. That's not gonna work out. He can he can be his full nerdy self. He doesn't have to actually speak to anyone. It's I think it's really ideal.
0: I do like the idea of Raj going up to a woman and asking her out, but he's just loaded like the filthiest, like oh sex lyrics on his thing and he he just starts playing, you know. Something, you know, like early Justin Timberlake or whatever, and it's just like, hey, let's get naked and sweaty.
1: Yeah, like, who knew that L- L- Raj was such a Lords of Acid fan? <laughs> oh, that's weird. Ugh. Um. Yeah, something like that. But no, that'll never happen either. Because this show is bullshit. Eh, Hot takes. It's the worst. It's garbage. I
0: I wanted us... My whole original pitch for the show was, let's just be irrationally angry. Let's just let the show make us angry, even when it's good. And you were like, no, that's not fair to the show. And this is... (laughs) I just want to point out, this is where fairness gets us. It gets us to this lukewarm bullshit. Where we're like, well, to be fair... To be this fair. show is neither good nor bad. It's just kinda hellishly mediocre, and that's that's the truth. Congratulations. We've spent however many fucking episodes discovering what anybody in America already knew.
1: No, 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 that is not true. This is I'm glad you just said that, because that's exactly part of the reason we're doing this, is that we went into this with the opinion that it was gonna be extreme distaste, that it was gonna be just an awful, awful show that we couldn't stand. And then it's been revealed, I believe, that it's just mediocre trash. Like you talk to anyone else who hates the show, like there's so few people that would just go like, it's fine. It's not bad. It's always like, "Oh my god, it's nerd minstrelsy." You're not going to believe the horseshit that they have to put. Oh, it's so offensive to anyone that actually has any sort of intellect. Ugh.
0: Yes, but do you know who was making those arguments? Do you know, in retrospect, what we never really talked about? It's the same people who felt that way about the big. They're all probably fucking GamerGate. They're all like, they're the same. Oh no! Don't even. Who think like I'm not saying like I'm not saying that if you. Don't like the Big Bang Theory? You're a Nazi. But I'm saying that the people who would consider the Big Bang Theory an identitarian attack on their personal brand are exactly the same type of people who are t- who will tell you that women ruined
1: ruined gamers. I think I think you are really drawing a false association here.
0: Let me just said five minutes ago that I can be interesting, interesting <laughs> happens and every time I try what do you want me to do I
1: I'm just trying to be real here now you're getting all sassy with me <laughs> I just let me have my hot takes all right, fine. Yes, A- anyone who doesn't like Big Bang Theory—that's
0: not what I anyone said. Anyone who
1: really doesn't like Big Bang Again, Theory. That's not-
0: anyone who would use the words "nerd minstrelry" does not understand how offensive the concept of minstrelry actually is. To start with,
1: you know, I want to, I want to keep poking at this, and yet now I feel on the defensive. I feel, I feel I got yelled at, Kyle. I didn't like the way it felt. I'm sorry. You hurt my feelies.
0: I'm sorry. I was just trying
1: to... That's another unprecedented episode thing. And I mean, it's not like there haven't been personal attacks, but there haven't been any yet that have really just cut, cut me to the quick.
0: Now I can't tell if you're actually upset or if you're just doing a bit.
1: I can't either, and that's part of the reason <laughs> <laughs> that we have to do this show. I'm trying to find my feelings again. Oh, what the fuck are we even talking about? Any other Any other extreme <laughs> feelings about this episode? Uh, I think Penny's pretty hot when she's dressed up like a lawyer. Ugachaka!
0: chaka! Whoa! I, I did actually think that as well. So,
1: um, I'm gonna. I was. I was feeling. I was feeling really stressed out today, and so maybe before we started recording the the episode, I had some some California legal green substances, and uh, I think it changed the way I absorbed the episode this week, and in large part. I uh I spent a lot more time just like gawking at Penny. I was like I was just kind of like there's nothing different about her, but there's something different about her this episode. I don't know what it is. And uh yeah,
0: it's the missing button on her
1: No, no, not th- I think before then when she was just like she's like, you know, dressed up in her normal loungewear, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Her her walk about PJs.
0: They make a a weird reference to that, too, because Sheldon is like, well, I hope you can change your clothes into something more professional tomorrow. I don't want the judge distracted from my argument because he's trying to read the word juicy on your rear end.
1: Yes. And then it comes up again later when um, Sheldon has written a script for Penny to to use in her testimony. And uh, it's... It's written as as he would interpret Penny, which is this lot of, oh, gosh, I'm just a local Nebraskan homespun corn-loving lady. Well, that and also
0: a weird mix of irritating, like, california isms. So. Yes,
1: lots of totalies and likes and cools. Um, so he has it both ways. And uh, when when she cannot deliver, as, as he would like her to, he says, well, I guess you're just going to have to put the juicy pants back on again. Which I guess his idea then is that the judge is going to be so busy drooling over Penny's ass that he's just going to slide out of the tickets.
0: (laughs) Again, that would have probably made – I mean, the episode was fine. But if the episode were actually about Sheldon like trying to pimp out Penny in exchange for not having to pay a traffic ticket.
1: yeah, The the, the darkness in my heart says that I'd really like an episode of – of of weird floozy coquettish Penny trying to seduce a judge.
0: No, not even if it were just even if uh like even if she's totally not into it. Just the idea of Sheldon standing in the middle of a courtroom being like, "Look, I understand how this really works." He's like, "See, I've brought you an offering, Judge. Please let me out of this ticket."
1: I do think it's more likely. Maybe 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 Penny should have just gone for it because I I believe that generally more attractive people on the stand are taken more seriously when they testify just like anyone else they're more charismatic and, and 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 makes them like more believable and so i think there is something to having penny used as a distraction to try to to try to sway the judge um whether it has to be the juicy pants i don't know
0: or for that matter you know what he, this whole again it's the stakes issue right okay we want to talk about why the episode is only mediocre. He's on trial for running, he's not even on trial it's, he's in it, traffic court. he's, he's, he it's, he's dealing with
1: just a traffic ticket that's going to cost a number of hundreds of dollars when it's already been established that he has more money than he, he literally has more money than yeah, he knows what to do with. literally
0: established that in the same in the same scene where they're like oh, he has to pay a fine, that's also the scene where we find out he's been hoarding checks
1: Yeah, and if Penny were to get that ticket so like, you know, this episode would have been so much better if it were about Penny selling out Sheldon Like, that event has already happened by the time the episode starts. Like, Sheldon has to be like, oh my god, this thing that that we did together, you actually just went and told them that I was the one driving, you betrayed me, and it's just a throwaway line. If this episode were about Penny got summoned into traffic court, and then she had to go about finding a way out of it that included betraying Sheldon, and then just the very last part of this episode was the trial that they have, I think that would have been so much better. Um, But again, it's really easy to be the the, 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 the Monday morning quarterback no, no, Why are
0: you letting them off the hook
1: You always do this I'm too fair Stop being so fair I can't It's part of my loving nature ah. Well anyway I don't know Anything else you want to, we, we should start wrapping up soon But anything about the actual episode That you want to get into About the episode? No Okay Well there's something else though <laughs> You want to get into something else Before we move on To our happy nerd thing for the week <laughs> No
0: <laughs> No I don't want to start any beef a beef? Yeah. Come on. No, it's
1: fine. Now what are you doing? Uh,
0: um, <laughs> sorry. 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 No, I can't do it. Um, yeah, I don't... I guess uh, it's weird that the judge's name is Jay Kirby. Oh,
1: Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> I just don't know if that's supposed to be... a. Right. Like, this whole episode is about Stan Lee, and then randomly in the middle, there's a judge, Jay Kirby... He has nothing to do with, like, any it would be of the Stan the most, Lee
1: stuff. It would be the most ridiculous of coincidences if that weren't a, a reference.
0: Well, but also if it's a reference, what a shitty reference.
1: Oh, yeah. I think it is. I think it is a reference, but it's it's a nothing. They just they just had another character, and they're like, hey, what if, wouldn't it be funny if we did this? If he just turned out to be some random judge. But, you know, I think it'd also be, like, really respectful to the memory of Mr. Kirby. <laughs> I don't know. Is he dead? How long has he been dead? I don't know. A long time. All right. I'm not respectful to the memory, Mr. Kirby. I don't give a shit. You should.
0: Of the two of them, he was probably, like...
1: Oh, my understanding is that Stanley totally screwed him over. Hardcore. Uh, Just completely immorally. I mean, I'm generally... I I I don't give a shit.
0: I'm generally a bigger fan of Stanley than most people because I respect that writers do actually contribute a lot to the comic book medium, but it is also true that, like basically Stanley, as a marketing gimmick made himself the face of marvel sort of undercutting the contributions of all of the people who definitely put in a lot more physical hours doing the work of making the comic books
1: all right we're wrapping up now we're getting to our end thing uh hey tell your friends about the show if you like it and if you don't like it tell your friends anyway so they have to listen to it as a punishment there there's our call to action moving on uh nerd thing of the week kyle do you want to go first or shall i uh
0: you can go first
1: okay i am going to this is uh a three quarters recommendation because uh it's i'd forever heard uh, ago heard about a movie that i've been putting off watching for for several years now ever since it came out and it's called the greasy strangler oh jesus (laughs) what kyle nothing you have no no. We're the show of strong opinions
0: now. What do you have to say about the Greasy Strangler? I just no. Please tell me what this was the highlight
1: of your week. You know, um, it, if I were to, if I were to say that I I was giving this like a wholehearted strong recommendation, that would not be true. If I were to say it was the highlight of my week, though, <laughs> that might be about right. It's, it stood out for sure? <laughs> um. So the Greasy Strangler is a movie about um a, a father and son. Who, who live together an adult son and an elderly father so it's like 40 and 70 let's say and um, they the father uh, just out of nowhere early on and the, the movie says I bet you don't believe that I'm the greasy strangler Well guess what he is the greasy strangler that that's that's revealed right off the bat um, and the greasy strangler likes to get completely naked. Cover himself in thick, thick grease, and and strangle uh, his victims generally until their their eyes pop out or their ears fall off or uh, any other number. Okay, of things. now
0: wait. I have logistical questions. Yes. Wouldn't? Isn't he making his job much much harder by covering himself in grease?
1: I believe you're correct, but taste can't be accounted for. It's but do, thing. do
0: they ever just address that? Is,
1: is no? Is, is he ever no, like no, no. boy?
0: Man, it really, it requires a lot, it's surprising how much friction is required when strangling people, but damn.
1: I feel like we should watch Damn isn't
0: it just so much more satisfying when I'm doing it while covered in grease.
1: We should watch this movie together so you can understand why that would be the last of (laughs) anyone's concerns. (laughs) Like, at no point was anyone like, I wonder if he can grab tight with the grease. No, they they just wanted to be like, I wonder what it's like to see a a completely nude 70-year-old man covered in grease just just com- committing crimes of passion.
0: <laughs> I mean, if you were like the greasy stabber, that
1: would be like, oh Kyle. Kyle, uh I I The greasy bludgeoner. Oh my god. The greasy
0: god. chainsaw
1: murderer. You were totally misunderstanding everything about this film. Uh anyway, that's that's the very basics of it. Um but the real plot gets started when um so the the father and son duo, they also give Walking disco tours. They 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 give tours, pointing out disco landmarks. People, you know, places where like the BGS um, recorded albums and things like that. And um, at the end of one of their tours, a woman stays behind because uh, she's developed a little crush on on the son. Uh, I think his name is Braden. I think their names are Braden and Ronnie, oh. or or more accurately, Big Braden and Big Ronnie. And uh, they end up beginning to date. But then the dad also takes an interest in her. And so then we have a, a love triangle between woman, father, and son. And one of them is a, is a, is a greasy serial killer. And uh, the the movie is like, it's got some jokes that like, they're jokes I think are my favorites. Like, I, I, I don't want to spoil it, but the way the greasy strangler chooses to clean himself off makes me laugh every time I see it, even though it's done like five times. <laughs> Um the the soundtrack is great. uh, it's this weird synth with almost like childlike giggling noises and things that are, are coming through. it's 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 this movie is it's like meant to make you feel sick and to break your brain, I think. And that's why it's kind of hard for me to wholeheartedly recommend. I can't say that it's like a great movie, but as far as like an experience that I'm glad that I had, yes. Highlight of the week, yes. When was this movie made? I think it came out like three years ago, maybe four years ago.
0: I'll let you show me the trailer, but I think that's where I draw the
1: line. I think the trailer will be enough for you. Um, How about this? You know what I can wholeheartedly recommend? The trailer (laughs) to The Greasy (laughs) Strangler. I would say watch that for sure. For sure. And if it really really gets you going, you know, if it really seems like the kind of thing you could be into... Uh, it certainly isn't going to hurt you to watch it. It's 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 not a terrible movie by any stretch. Wouldn't even say it's a bad movie. Have a hard time saying it's a great movie. It's more than anything a weird movie. Um, and I'll just, I'll wrap up there and let Kyle get to his thing. Uh, my thing,
0: so you know what actually is a good movie? Francis Ha.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we saw that together last week.
0: We did. What a great little film.
1: I've had a song from it stuck in my head the entire week too and I had to like look it up on YouTube and view it multiple times the one where she's running down the street this is the one where um when she goes to Paris and it's kind of it's a funky like pseudo kind of disco jam
0: oh the David Bowie one
1: no 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 this is I looked it up it's by a band called hot chocolate and it's called everyone's a winner and the the premise is very basic it's when two people have good sex everyone's a winner
0: (laughs) yeah truer words truer words um anyway, it's the story of a of a girl in her of a woman in her mid to late 20s who is uh you know, not a very good dancer but wants to be a professional dancer, trying to figure out, you know, <laughs> as she sees her dreams of becoming a professional dancer slowly slipping away, you know, what she's supposed to do in her life. Really, she's just trying to figure her life out. Although one of the things what's really great about like the whole movie and its approach is that you actually never get enough context to sort of really understand, like, who the main character is, or what's going on in her life. I feel like that's actually the fundamental, like, beautiful running joke of the film. It's like, most movies that are, like, trying to show you a person like this would be like, okay, here's everything you need to know about this person. We can show you this in, like, an hour and a half. But this movie is just, like, random cuts of her life. And you do get a lot of information about who she is and what she cares about. But also, it's just like, yeah, she's just fundamentally kind of a weird person. And trying to, like, explain you know how she got to be so weird and why her dreams are what they are you know would just like pretending we can do all that and capture that in an hour and a half or two hours or however long it was is disingenuous so we're not gonna try we're just gonna give you uh snippets and sort of the hope that everything turns out all right i actually think that's why the movie is called francis hawk because you only find out at the very end that that's i don't even know if this counts as a spoiler but no. that's that's not her full name <laughs> I don't think you ever find, you see her last name very briefly, but sort of the last shot of the film is her, like, folding up her last name to fit inside a mailbox, and it's like, yeah, her life doesn't fit in a box, man. <laughs> what, well, you're laughing, but I do think that's sort of the point of the movie. It's- no, I,
1: I don't think you're wrong. It's just hearing you say it like that, it gave me a giggle.
0: Yeah. It's it's about someone whose life doesn't fit in a box without being, like, super precious or, a smesh- a, you know, or quirky about yeah. it. Like, it's not like, ooh, look how quirky this person is. It's like... You know, one of the things I really like is in another movie like this, like, the big tragic thing would be the scene where, like, someone finally is, You're just not that good a dancer, Francis! But that's just, that never comes, like, yeah, she has to figure that out, but that's not, like, a scene in the movie where she has, like, some huge panic attack. It's like, this is a dawning revelation that she's grappling with Mm -hmm. over the course of the entire film and trying to figure out how to bounce back from. So, Really beautiful. Well shot, well acted. Greta Gerwig is the main character. She's great. Adam Driver has, you know, a pretty good cameo. Yeah. All the other people are in it are great too, but those are the only two people I explicitly really recognize. And the whole, like, great, like, it's weird. It's not quite a romantic slub plot, it's like a weird, platonic, romantic. Subplot, which is that her best friend is moving away and she from her and she feels like yeah. she's losing a part of herself, which I totally. Well, and
1: the, and to say, that's kind of the instigating incident. Is yes. The, 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 yeah, they, they're super tight best friends that live together, and it, it's when uh, her her roommate Sophie decides that she wants to go move in with her boyfriend that that Francis has to really start figuring stuff out.
0: But anyway, I really sympathize with that subplot too. So it was just really good. Uh, that's basically my whole recommendation.
1: Great. Well. We have, uh, I you know it's a two movie week. I think I almost like 99% of the time I recommend video games, and I think seven 50% of the time you recommend comic books. And so it's nice that we both we both had a good movie week. Yep. Yay us!
0: I'm pretty sure my movie's better than the
1: Greasy Strangler. We're gonna watch a trailer right now. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>